Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 42 of the Memoirs of a Movie Stand-In Podcast. My name is Greg Anderson, and, uh, well, I'm just taking this in chronological order, my experiences working as a stand-in in the movie business in Utah. And a lot of the stand-in work I did was for television shows uh, or made-for-TV movies. But I had a long-term employment situation going with a show called Promised Land, which was on CBS. It was a spin-off from Touch by an Angel. And as I've been telling these stories in order, uh, it's time to talk about episode 210, or rather the 10th episode of the second season of Promised Land. And I call this the most depressing episode ever of Promised Land. Um, maybe that's not true in everybody's perspective, but in mine, it yeah, this really ranks up there. Uh, the episode begins with the Green family at a little campground, and you see autumn leaves all over, and, and the boys are playing just football, a little catch, uh, and uh, they're getting ready to go visit Claire's sister. Now, they made reference to Claire's sister a few episodes back because uh, when Claire got pregnant at the beginning of uh, season two here, uh, she was trying to write a letter to her sister, and she never quite figured out what to write or how to finish the letter. And, and it turns out that her sister has uh, an infertility problem. She's married, but she, you know she can't she can't have a baby, and so that's one of the reasons why Claire finds it difficult to tell her sister that Claire's pregnant again, and they weren't even trying. So, anyway, they're about to hop in the Suburban at the beginning of the episode and, and finally go uh, visit the sister. And Claire admits that well, the sister doesn't know about the the upcoming baby here, so, you know, let's be real careful about this. Anyway, they pull up to the house and uh, get out and find out that, oh, it's a nice little uh, reunion. Oh, it's so good to see you. And, hey, there's Nathaniel. How are you doing? And, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but the guys are excited to go in there because uh, they've got satellite TV and it's Thanksgiving time and they're going to go in there and they're going to watch football. So that's, <laughs> so, you know, the guys are all set. This is the first time really that they've expressed on the Promised Land episode, or any, any episode that uh, the guys are totally into football, but oh well whatever uh anyway they're uh they're just getting some snacks ready and uh the 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 hosts there claire's sister and her husband offer you know hey do you want something to drink and you know maybe a little wine or whatever and and uh, nathaniel bursts out that claire she can't drink she's pregnant she's what and so, okay, this uh, immediately, uh, you know, is the source of perhaps some tension. Anyway, next thing you know, the, the Green family, uh, at least uh, everyone except Claire, show up at uh, a church in town, and they're going to volunteer uh, to help at this church. It's a, it's a family tradition, I guess, even though we've never heard of it before. This church happens to also have a kind of a group home for troubled teenage boys. And they meet the guy who runs the place, uh, and, um, you know, he's happy to have the help. Uh, turns out one of these troubled teenage boys gets caught by the police. He's been snooping around a, uh, uh, a little shopping center that's under construction. And it turns out 
that the guy who's kind of in charge of building the shopping center happens to be Claire's brother-in-law, Claire's sister's husband. And, uh, you know, he's kind of annoyed by these troubled kids at the group home, and, you know, he'd rather just have them all go to jail and get out of town or whatever. So a little tension there because Russell has just started volunteering at this group home and uh, and now one of the kids from the group home is in trouble for snooping around this shopping center under construction. Uh, so anyway, uh, then we get back to the house where Claire and her sister are alone. And Claire stumbles into the nursery. Turns out her sister, even though she hasn't uh, been able to have a baby, she and her husband have wanted a baby so badly. They've got a fully equipped, uh, you know, really well done nursery waiting in their house for the day they can have a baby but um well it's just not happening so uh meanwhile russell convinces the uh the brother-in-law not to press charges against this troubled teen because it doesn't look like the teen really was doing anything wrong except maybe snooping around um so anyway they they work it out and the 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 priest who runs the uh the troubled youth home is very grateful for uh, for whatever Russell said to to the brother-in-law. Uh, you know, was uh, made things nice. Okay, but uh, next thing you know, it turns out that uh, Claire's sister kind of freaked out about uh, uh, just about the whole situation, and she had oh, kind of a little bit of a nervous breakdown uh in the house and now she's in the hospital and um she's also got some uh um some physical problems because she's taken so many fertility drugs that now it's kind of damaged her uh internal reproductive organs and so uh the whole thing just is looking really badly so the green family they decide they're going to hop in their trailer and they're not going to leave town because they've made a commitment to volunteer at this uh kind of youth center but uh they are going to not stay at Claire's sister's house because it's just too stressful and so they uh they they pull away with the airstream trailer uh anyway then they you know it's more talking to the the guys in the uh in the youth shelter nathaniel uh happens to uh have some deep thoughts about all this saying you know i was i was a baby that nobody wanted to to be born and why am i why was i born and here's people that really want to have a baby and that they can't and it doesn't seem right and uh, anyway do i not sound excited about this episode uh, so it turns out that uh, Claire and her sister kind of reconcile that, hey, this is what life's all about, and we're just going to have to deal with it. And and in the end, um, there's sort of a town hall meeting that everyone, everyone in town is deciding whether or not they're going to uh, allow this youth shelter to stay open or, or not. And uh, it turns out that the, the sort of the the guy who gives a gets up and gives the speech that convinces everyone in town to go ahead and let's let's give this youth youth shelter another chance turns out to be uh, Claire's brother-in-law himself, who you know has a has, has his heart has been softened, and he says, "Hey, let's give these guys a chance," and and so. Uh, they take a you know just a kind of a straw poll there in the town meeting, and everyone decides okay let's 
let's let let's let them stay and then the episode ends with um the green family having thanksgiving dinner at the shelter where they've been helping out and uh, sort of a, a I- implication that maybe Claire's sister and her husband might even uh, consider a- adopting one of these boys. Uh, and, you know, they, they're not going to be able to have a baby. They may not be able to adopt a baby, but maybe, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of have a family with these, uh, with these troubled boys. So anyway, that's the, that's the whole story. Uh, not my favorite story, not the most exciting episode ever. And just a lot of really slow and depressing moments in there. And a lot of sort of issues that, are very difficult to resolve. I mean, what can you do? Someone, if, if, if this were a real story, and, you know, this happens to people, uh, fertility problems, they go through expensive treatments, and if they still can't have a baby, all they've done is spent all of their money and and, and gone through a lot of pain, uh, both physically and emotionally, and in the end have nothing to show for it. You know, that, that that's kind of what the story was about. And so that's not a happy-go-lucky kind of a story. Uh, and <laughs> they they made this episode as their Thanksgiving episode for the season. And they actually showed the episode on Thanksgiving evening. So I can't imagine, for, for people that had gotten together as a family, as people do uh, around Thanksgiving, and after watching football games and eating turkey and feeling kind of tired and they all kind of gather around hey let's watch tv let's watch this thanksgiving episode of promised land and then for it to be such a depressing episode some people they don't enjoy getting together as a family at thanksgiving anyway <laughs> and then for them to to cap the evening off with this really depressing episode of promised land so you know, that's that's a problem in my case um we had family over my family we all get along really well but uh, one particular family member was a, feeling a bit down anyway, uh, feeling a bit lonely uh, at at Thanksgiving time, uh, as far as you know, not being married and things like that, and and so then we all got together, and um, this particular family member was excited to watch uh, Friends on NBC, but because it was Thanksgiving night, they had some special broadcast of you know, Jurassic Park or something like that. And so Friends wasn't on. So this particular person was kind of depressed about that. So instead we watched Promised Land and it was a very, very depressing episode. So uh, what can I say? For me personally, and because my family member was so depressed and this episode did not help that situation, I, I just regard this as the most depressing episode of Promised Land ever. Uh, another depressing thing happened on this episode, and this is a behind-the-scenes thing. We had uh, a particular member of our crew, and I'm not going to name names. You know, you can go to Wikipedia or figure this out for yourself if you want to. But a particular member of our crew who worked behind the scenes, but years earlier had been on a television show as an actor. And so this member of our crew was you know, the former child star kind of a thing. But this person lived a very responsible, respectable life and everything was okay and just had had come into uh, a situation where they were working behind the scenes now. 
former child star now working behind the scenes and and that was fine and we we're all just buddies and friends but but this particular person had had a problem and uh there was a DUI incident um and so what it meant for me was I showed up to work and this was while we were making this very episode of Promised Land. I show up to work on a Monday morning and I see that certain people on our crew are really kind of upset about something and kind of, you know, sad about something. And what's wrong? And they say that, well, this other person on the crew had a DUI arrest and uh, wasn't going to be there. That actually the driving and uh, had had an accident. Um, didn't hit any other car. There wasn't one of those things, but had rolled their own car. And um, so the car was totaled and, uh, and there was this accident. And, and this friend of ours was, you know, had been arrested for a DUI. So, of course, we were really quite concerned and upset and depressed about this <laughs> as as one would expect and it only made it worse that this same person had been a child actor and therefore it became national news all of a sudden former child star arrested for DUI and it was just bizarre to be in the middle of a, a of of a story like that and suddenly the show promised land got publicity <laughs> but for, i mean it was almost impossible the show rarely got any attention from the media anyway and and then all of a sudden it does get attention because a crew member uh was in an accident and got arrested for dui and it was just really I mean, and here's the here's the thing that was so bizarre for me i the 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 whole this becoming a national news story it took a it took a couple of days before it really hit the national news and i was back in my motel room one night watching tv and i turned on the daily show now if you watch the daily show on comedy central now the host of the show is john stewart and you probably forget <laughs> that once upon a time Another guy was host of The Daily Show, and it wasn't Jon Stewart. It was a guy named Craig Kilborn. And Craig Kilborn was this snarky, kind of, you know, smart-mouthed individual who was always sounding real smug, and maybe that's just his his routine. Maybe he's not that way in real life, but he does it so well that I always kind of thought he was annoying, that maybe he really was like that, just this arrogant, you know, awful person. And so I'm watching, and normally he would spend the first part of the show making fun of news headlines, very similar to like the weekend update segment on Saturday Night Live that had has been done for you know over thirty years. They've been doing that. Um, so Craig Kilborn is doing this, and so reading headlines and making fun of them, and and. And all of a sudden, he's making fun of this guy that's on our crew for the drunk driving arrest. And it was just bizarre for me to think, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a guy that goes to work every day and I work with a few dozen people. And I, I understand intellectually that we make a TV show that is seen by maybe millions of people. 
but on but for me i only really think about 50 or 60 other people that that are sitting in the same lunchroom with me and i'm just working with them and our job is to do things and and film it and 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 it's hard to fathom that uh other people on a, on some national comedy show are going to talk about the group of people that I work with or one individual in particular, who's just a friend of mine on the crew that I work with suddenly is being talked about by Craig Kilborn, this jerk on the comedy central, uh, daily show. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always thought Craig Kilborn was a, a little bit of a jerk anyway, but after that I was convinced, you know, he's just a jerk and stop saying bad things to my other friend. It's bad enough that he's in a bad situation. He doesn't need you to rub it in. Why don't you just leave him alone? That's how I felt as I'm sitting there alone in my motel room going, I can't believe something that, uh, that I know something about, you know, that I'm sort of closely tied to is, is suddenly on a, a national story. That's weird, weird. So that, that was an element that made the, the made it kind of depressing uh, to even think about that episode at all. Uh, so I don't know uh, as far as the, the behind the scenes details of where and how we filmed the episode, we were just in and around St. George, Utah, uh, the neighborhood, uh, the house where Claire's sister lives was just a little town kind of, uh, I don't know if it's actually St. George or if it has another name, but it's sort of an adjoining town just, uh, Southwest of, you know, the main part of St. George. Um, we used the, there's a hospital right there in St. George. That's, you know, kind of the only hospital there in town. And we used, we used that actual hospital, which is interesting. Whenever we shot at the VA hospital in Salt Lake city, there was always this portion of the hospital that was basically closed most of the time. So we didn't really disrupt any actual hospital operations to go film at the VA hospital. But in this case, we were actually at the real hospital in in, uh, in St. George. And I think, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, you know, they had to squeeze in three episodes and we had to get it all done before the Thanksgiving break. So in order for us to get all the work done uh, in time for that deadline... Uh, I think we actually filmed on a Saturday and I think the hospital scenes for this episode were done on a Saturday. So either that meant the hospital was especially busy or not as busy, but somehow it was just kind of unusual that there we were and managed to at least get a, get a portion of the hospital where we were a little less disruptive because it was a Saturday. I think it was kind of how that worked. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, you know, we used the house, we used the hospital, we used, uh, the church and all these were what they call practical locations. So everything you see in the episode was filmed at the real place. So if we show that we're outside this house and then we go inside and we're filming inside the house, that was the real house. We didn't have a warehouse or a soundstage anywhere where we could build sets as far as the hospital, again, we were in the real hospital. The church, we were filming outside the church and in inside the real church. And we did all this uh, in a short period of time. 
The only, only other location was the, the shopping center that was under construction. And that was a real shopping center under construction. <laughs> and, and that was the day we found out about the DUI arrest. So, you know, that wasn't a very fun day to film, uh, to film that. The only silver lining on all that was that, um, here it was, uh, you know, it was about November when this all went down, the beginning of November. Um, we had another guy come and fill in for our crew member who was going off to rehab. And the guy who filled in was just a great guy. Everybody loved the, the fill in guy and he filled in for the rest of 1997. And then after our Christmas break, when we all went back to work, our crew member who'd been off at rehab came back to work with us and was, was fine. And, you know, everything worked out well as far as that is concerned. Um, so of course, you know, nobody's advocating DUI, but, uh, it's, it's good that it all worked out and we had our good friend came back and while our good friend was away, we had a, another great guy that worked with us. Uh, and, and subsequently, uh, uh, the, the fill in guy, uh, worked on other shows, uh, over the years with us and, and still one of our favorite guys to work with. So, uh, we're all friends and it's all good. But it was the most depressing Promised Land episode ever made about infertility being in every episode has its own, um, you know, important social issue, I guess, that they're trying to tackle. And after a while, even though the official name of this episode was To Everything a Season. Okay. But whoever called it that years later, you know, if I were to reminisce with my fellow promised land guys and say, I remember that one episode to everything a season, they'd be going, well, which one was that? You know, the Claire has an infertile sister episode. Oh yeah. I remember that one. It's like, you know, if I characterize the promised land episodes, remember the breast cancer episode? I mean, nobody's going to call it an episode entitled mirror image. No, it's the breast cancer episode or uh, you know, remember the rape awareness episode? Uh, yeah, but you don't remember it as take back the night. Remember the episode taken? No, you don't remember that. Um, so, so the only episode, like the first Mooster episode, the official name of it was the hostage, but you know, who calls it that? It was, it was the first Mooster episode, you know, you know how that is only a few times when the episode, uh, title really stuck, like, Christmas was the episode we made first season of the Christmas episode and it's called Christmas. So that makes sense. But if I were to say, Hey, remember the, the, the episode, uh, a leap of faith. No. What was that one? That was the alien uh, thing. Roswell, New Mexico. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, if I were to go back and retitle all of the episodes, uh, that would be fun. Maybe I should do that on, on a podcast. I'll go through and give you new titles for all the episodes. The breast cancer episode. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, to everything a season, the Claire has an infertile sister episode and, uh, makes me depressed to even think about it. Hey, but you know, they played it on the gospel music channel. And I think this particular episode, I don't think the Gospel Music Channel cut anything out of it. Like, I don't think anyone called somebody an idiot or said they were stupid or swore, you know. And when I say swearing on Promised Land, it's either the D word or the H word, you know. It's not like, 
this is not HBO here. We're talking, you know. Uh, but I don't think they cut anything out of this episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, which I kind of go, of all the episodes that they really ought to just cut it, slice it up, <laughs> and make it as short as possible. Uh, that's one that they could have done that as far as I was concerned. I I don't want to, you know, be sound too bitter about it, but I'm just saying, you know, because of my personal experiences both during production and uh on the Thanksgiving night when they first broadcast this episode, I just I don't have any happy memories of of this particular episode. <laughs> hey, but you know, it was uh we were still on a roll there in St. George and we had one more episode to do before we were done with our St. George uh, stay in the fall of 1997. So I'll tell you about that one uh, later on another episode of the Memoirs of a Movie Stand-In podcast. Now, as for uh, this particular uh, podcast that you've discovered, the Memoirs of a Movie Stand-In, you know, I have official show notes for this podcast, and you can find them at... uh, utahstandin.blogspot.com okay utahstandin.blogspot.com and if you want to make this an interactive podcast um, you can send me an email and then I could respond either with an email to you or even I could respond in a podcast and answer your question so that everyone can hear the answer (laughs) so go ahead and uh, send me a friendly email if you so desire. And my email address is moviestandin at gmail.com. Moviestandin at gmail.com. It's that simple. So anyway, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast using iTunes or some other podcatching software so that new episodes are automatically delivered to your computer. And I try to put those new episodes out on Thursday nights at 8, 7 central in honor of Promised Land's uh, actual broadcast schedule in the second and third seasons. New episodes came out on Thursday nights at 8, 7 central on CBS. So there you go. That's, that's it for now, and I hope you have a great week, and I'll see you next time on the Memoirs of a Movie Stand-In Podcast. <laughs>